Welcome back for another episode of Talk to Tatiana. And today I want to talk to you about creatives. And here's my take on it, kind of. Um, creatives are an interesting crowd. I've noticed that I primarily work with visionaries and creatives in my um, primary business, right? Accounting. Um, and I think the reason kind of for that lies in the fact that Creatives are the ones who start businesses. You know, I had a conversation with um, with David, um, like one of my clients, uh, years ago, and I'm going to be talking about this um, and on my TED TED TEDx talk, which is coming on uh, February 25th in Cincinnati. And so the idea is that. It's really, it's really interesting that people, people kind of look down on creatives a little bit. I find it to be very interesting. I found it, find it to be interesting that um, we don't support creatives enough. Every parent, and I've already talked about this briefly, but every parent, um, wants their child to be to do all these things to draw well like that's why every parent shoves their child into all kinds of creative um, activities but then at the end of the day um, they get upset when a child wants to pursue their passion um, become an actor or an actress or Whatever, and so I find it to be extremely hypocritical um, that uh, we as parents often do that. And so, the idea is that you should be able to see, um, and I'm going to give you a couple of examples. You should be able to see how really creatives are the ones who start business businesses. Now, it doesn't mean you know, we have this now perception of creatives. We have, and it's not a very good negative, it's a negative perception, I would say. And that perception is that creatives are flaky, unreliable, uh, potentially, you know, all kinds of different things, right? Not really doing much, um, kind of fooling around too much and things like that. That's what I've seen, um, you know, before um, there's an attitude toward creatives. I also think that creatives are heavily patronized. And here's what I mean by that. You know how um, business managers, business attorneys, accountants, advisors, and all of these people kind of take care of everything for you. Kind of like, oh, go play in your bullpen and let the big boys handle stuff. But I believe, you know, first of all, I believe that my client, David, was right that accountants don't start businesses. Who starts businesses are creatives, visionaries, people who can see the world um, and can see the world differently. Can see the world that may not even exist yet. That's what creatives can do, visionaries can do. I think the reason that we have 
this negative attitude is because of the experience. I mean, we have so many creatives out there, right? We have so many left brain people as well. And just like with accounting, I'll give you an example. Accountants are considered a commodity because there is always these freshly liberated accountants, maybe someone who quit their job and started their own practice or whatever. There's always going to be that one uh, person who starts on their own and starts under pricing because they don't value themselves. And that reduces prices or, I guess, changes the mindset for every single person out there, for every other professional, right? Um, Even though I've gotten really good at holding my ground in terms of prices because I know what goes into the advisory and support and so on. But the idea is that I think it's similar for accountants as it is for creatives. And I'll, I'll explain kind of how that, how that works to, to illustrate for you. So accountants, like I said, there's going to be always this new person who thinks it's easy, you know, and, and look up the Dunning-Kruger effect. I talk about it in my book, um, closer to the end of the book. I talk about how every professional or every, really every person starting out started the high point of the graph uh, that then has a sharp decline. And that high point is the knowledge, um, the, the I guess the horizontal axis is the knowledge, uh, vertical axis is self-confidence. And so the idea is that it starts high because when we often, when we're just starting in an industry, we are super confident, we can do this, this is not that hard or whatever. And so we start underpricing and undercutting ourselves. And um, then as we move, that, that sharp um, incline in, in self-confidence and overconfidence, I would say, then, then there's a sharp drop. Uh, well, not actually that sharp. The incline is uh, sharper and then the decline is a little bit less sharp. And the, the curve bottoms out where the more knowledge you get, the more you feel like you don't know anything, which is, which is fairly... Um, predictable and it's exactly how it works in accounting, right? When I remember when I was starting out, it's the same thing. I've gone through all of these stages. Um, and the good thing is that when I was at the peak, when I had my ego playing and all of those things, I had a, somebody really good on speed dial. And I really, really loved um, having that person because I would run everything, even a simple situation by him. And I'd be like, what am I missing? Am I missing something? And so that's kind of the idea. Um, so that's where that is. And you can just Google Dunning-Kruger effects. It's very powerful. And I think it applies to pretty much every industry. Um, and so that's kind of what happens. So in the beginning, people who are just leaving on their own or starting on their own start undercutting, right, in accounting. And so that reduces price expectations for all accountants. And those accountants who forced to value bill and get their way, um, get ahead. And those who undercut themselves um, end up with a lot of clients, with chasing clients, with being bombarded with emails and questions every day and not having the quality of life. And that's kind of the traditional scenario of an, of an accounting profession. And um, in art and creativity, it's kind of similar. So think about this way. Um, I had a friend, um, I have a friend uh, who's in Florida. She, her name is Susan. And she's a photographer, professional photographer. And 
She's really amazing. And she's a high-end photographer. And so she used to be president of the um, American Photography Association of Photographers or whatever. And so she uh, really, she was telling me a very interesting thing. I think we have an interview with her somewhere, um, whether it's on a podcast or on a book interview, um, where she basically said, it's the same thing in photography. Um, a mom all of a sudden, you know, needs something to do. So she buys a camera and she thinks that that makes her a photographer. It doesn't just like learning QuickBooks does not make you a bookkeeper. And so she, she basically thinks she's going to make a little bit more money. And so she starts competing on price because she's not confident yet. So she charges a lower fee. And initially, this is to get more money, to be able to be flexible and with her kids. And, and basically, as time goes by and as she gets more and more work, what happens is that she actually neglects her kids often uh, because she has to work weekends. So instead of having the quality of life, she doesn't have that. And then the money, money part, because she's undercutting, she's busy, but um, also undercuts prices for all of the other photographers or expectation of prices, right? Just similar, similar to accounting. And essentially creates a vicious cycle. Um, and it's really hard to raise prices once you've established yourself. And so this is kind of how it happens in, in many industries I see. Uh, and I think that that's, that vicious cycle should stop. And that's also why um, people perceive creatives as they are. But the truth of the matter is creatives and visionaries are the ones who create a business. Accountants don't start businesses because accountants and other professionals treat what they do a practice, not a business. And so that's kind of where, <clears throat> where this, um, this is um, important and I wanted to bring it up to you because um, if you're a parent and if you have a child who's good at music or art or painting or dancing, encourage them, but also teach them the important skills of entrepreneurship. Uh, teach them how to make money off of it and why they would need money and so on and so forth. Teach them the important stuff so that they, they don't become um, a seemingly flaky creative later in life because they will, many of them will follow their calling. Some of them you might be able to suppress their kind of desires and push them and influence them and manipulate them potentially into doing what you want them to do. but the reality is that they will rebel eventually and um, you'll pay for it. And so that's kind of where I wanted to focus on today. As creatives go, grow, grow up and if they pursue or try to pursue what they doing what they love, some of them become successful because they, they have this business, knack for business, I guess I would call it. And it's important to understand that business is a skill. You may have a natural talent for it, but it's, it's not going to get you far. You have to develop and grow that skill because entrepreneurship is a craft. It's a craft that you can learn. Just like in order to become a really good actress or an actor, you have to go to school and learn the tricks and tweaks of the profession. Similarly, for any other profession, you have to go and learn. It doesn't have to be official college for all of them, but you have to go and you have to learn the craft step by step. Just like, you know, ballroom dancing, you learn it step by step. The dances are broken down. 
broken down into simpler steps so that you can actually grasp it. Nobody will teach you advanced moves in um, samba if you don't know the basic steps. And so it all starts with the basics. Similarly, entrepreneurship is the same way. But the, what differentiates um, entrepreneurship from any other craft is that people don't realize it's a craft and don't learn it the same way. And that's too bad because it should be learned as a craft. It should be, <clears throat> it should be learned um, and really respected as a, as a craft that it is. Um, and it's important because once you do, once you realize that it is a craft, then you can learn the steps and let go of the excuses like I'm not good at math or I'm not creative enough or whatever it is that you are telling yourself because you are standing in your own way. And so usually, you know how in the golden rush, um, people who were looking for gold were not the ones getting rich, but people who were selling the shovels were getting rich. And essentially... What you have happening now is the same thing. You as a creative are the visionary. You are the one starting a business, right? Or starting something, pursuing something, whatever it is you call it. And then you're being patronized. Like, let the big boys handle everything else. But the truth is, you can't trust... It's not that you can't trust anyone, but you should not delegate this important part of your business business, your vision, which is money, numbers, taxes, you can delegate the actual preparation. Obviously, you don't become an accountant, but you need to get your hands on every single penny that comes in and out of your business. You need to understand it. You need to know how to project it. You need to know how to forecast it. You need to understand how to make sure that you don't run out of money, how to communicate with people, how to manage relationships with vendors and, and customers and so on and so forth. And so this is a very a very important um, point that I have for you is that really you're creating something unique. If you are creative, you, if you have a skill, maybe you're not creating it yet, which honestly, if you're not, if you're not pursuing your um, skill, you really shouldn't be doing this or calling yourself a creative. And here's what I mean by that. I used to work with at a company a long time ago, and there was a woman who called herself a, an actress. You know, there's a lot of those in New York City. But here's, the, here's my problem with that. At the time I was working there, she hasn't gone to a, an audition, audition for maybe three years. Stop calling yourself an, an actress then. Stop calling yourself anything that you think you are. If you're an executive assistant, just be an executive assistant. But if you're truly building a dream for yourself, then, then actually take steps toward it and honor your creative if that's what you want to do. Or admit that you don't and then stop calling yourself a creative. Because um, true driven creatives who build something, something unique, um, really want to... to do it. They, they're driven, they're pushing forward and they, they're the ones who sort of looking for gold, but who's, who's getting rich um, on their behalf. I mean, is your hard work fueling someone else's shiny car? I mean, 
there are support people that you absolutely need. But once you're on top of your game, not only in your creative vision, but everything, all, all the other parts of the business and creating systems and processes to prevent theft, to prevent embezzlement, to do all these different kinds of things, you actually can save money. And it doesn't mean that you nickel and dime people who support you, not at all. But it does mean that you understand exactly what's happening and what you have to do to get involved. And so I want to start a little mini movement um, and I invite you to join me. This is a mini movement for true creatives, true visionaries. In this mini movement, I'll be posting a series of things that will teach you the craft of entrepreneurship. I will give you mindset, sh mindset shifts um, through this podcast as well. Um, I will give you tools that you can learn step by step and honor your creative and honor your calling. Because I believe that if you have a calling, if you have a passion, a dream, a vision, you have an obligation to launch it. You have an obligation to go after it because it will serve other people. It will make the lives of other people more beautiful. And that's why you have an obligation to do it. So I'm going to leave you with that, but I'll tell you a little bit more in the next episode about the mini movement, but it starts with following me on Instagram, Tatiana Sawyer, no periods, no spaces. Um, I updated my nickname, so it doesn't have the dot author anymore because it was too long. Please join me. Let's talk about the, uh, this and I'll um, give you a little bit more information about what this movement will look like, but it's going to be primarily through Instagram and this podcast. Um, and I will provide you with tools to make you the creative that you were born to be. All right, my friend, I'll talk to you soon. And you can always talk to Tatiana. Bye.